Good morning, and welcome to Flight 93 National Memorial. My name is Stephen Clark, and I have the honor of serving as the superintendent at this very special place. The National Park Service is honored and deeply humbled to serve as the steward of this 2,200-acre memorial dedicated in the memory of 40 amazing heroes. On this day, 19 years ago, the passengers and crew members of Flight 93 bonded together and prevented their hijacked airplane from reaching its intended target, Washington, D.C., a mere 18 minutes flying time from this sacred ground behind me, which today marks their final resting place. Their sacrifice that morning saved an untold number of lives. Since that September day, these special people have always been remembered as heroes to America and around the world. The passengers and crew members at Flight 93 continue to be a testament to the best of humankind, showing incredible strength and resilience in response to an unprecedented set of challenging circumstances. We remember, and again today, on this special day, come together once again to honor them. Mr. President, our First Lady, Secretary Bernhardt, welcome back to this very special place. Secretary Chow, representing the Department of Transportation, to members of Congress, our township, county, state, and federal officials, and to the many Flight 93 National Memorial Ambassadors here with us this morning, welcome. To so many who are unable to be with us this morning and who are watching the ceremony remotely from around this nation and from around the world, welcome. Please know you are all with us in spirit. And to the families of Flight 93, those here this morning and those unable to attend, we honor your loved one's sacrifice and we will be eternally grateful. It is truly powerful that we can come together on this day as a nation, pause and take the time to honor those we lost on the morning of September 11th, here at Flight 93, at the Pentagon, and in New York. I would invite you all to please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Please remain standing following the pledge for a moment of reflection led by Reverend Stephen McEwen, who served as the chaplain for the FBI Pittsburgh Division on September 11th and continues to serve in this role today. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please remain standing.
Let us pray. Most merciful God, as we gather here, 19 years has passed since the sacrifice of those we remember today. With them too are all the agencies and people involved. And we pray too for those who have become ill from being here. And those as time has passed also died simply by doing their investigation. We bring especially and commit to your care all the families who lost someone that day, whose life was forever changed and whose faith was deeply challenged. Those of us who were present know in our hearts something of that pain and suffering. As the years pass, may these families here and throughout the world no one that never gets over it, but by your almighty help, gets through it. And so we commit this different kind of gathering to you. And we ask in all our hearts that you will bless and sanctify this place, that all who visit experience something of your love and presence, that it is a holy place where mingled with the sadness there is a feeling of victory, and the eternal knowledge that all are forevermore in your presence and share in your resurrection life. And may these words of the Celtic prayer remain in our hearts. Circle us, O God, keep hope within and despair without. Circle us, O God, keep peace within, keep turmoil out. Circle us, O God, keep calm within, Keep storms without. Circle us, O God. Keep strength within. Keep weakness out. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, please be seated. About this time, 19 years ago, 40 individuals, mostly strangers, were coming to the realization and formulating a plan that they needed to take action. By this point in the morning, many aboard Flight 93 were aware that the World Trade Center and the Pentagon had been struck by airliners. Galvanized with this information, these strangers came together in this national moment of uncertainty. Their choice to make a difference that morning has continued to resonate with people around the globe. It is fitting that we take this moment to pause and remember those individuals who unknowingly sacrificed their own lives and saved the lives of countless others at 10.03 a.m. when United Airlines Flight 93 impacted the earth. The site of, it, the site of the impact now marked with a boulder. As we reflect this morning on the 40 passengers and crew members, I welcome my former colleague, Mary Jane Hartman, who recently retired as the Chief of Interpretation, Education, and Visitor Services 
here at Flight 93 National Memorial to lead the reading of their names. As each name is read, Andrea Damon and Roy Caven, both retired FBI special agents and respective senior team leaders for the Pittsburgh and Cleveland divisions of the evidence response teams on September 11, will ring the bells of remembrance in their memory. Christian Adams. Lorraine G. Bay. Todd M. Beamer. Alan Anthony Bevan. Mark Bingham. Diora Francis Bodley. Sandy Wall Bradshaw. Marion R. Britton. Thomas E. Burnett, Jr. William Joseph Cashman.
Georgine Rose Corrigan. Patricia Cushing. Captain Jason M. Dahl. Joseph DeLuca. Patrick Joseph Driscoll. Edward Porter Belt. Jane C. Folger. Colleen L. Fraser. Andrew Sonny Garcia. Jeremy Logan Glick. Kristen Osterholm White Gould.
Lauren Catuzzi Grancolas and Unborn Child. Wanda Anita Green. Donald Freeman Green. Linda Gronland. Richard J. Guadagno. First Officer Leroy Homer. Toshia Kuge. Cece Ross Lyles. Hilda Marson. Waleska Martinez. Nicole Carol Miller.
Louis J. Mackey II. Donald Arthur Peterson. Jean Hoadley Peterson. Mark David Rothenberg. Christine Ann Snyder. John Talignani. Honor Elizabeth Wainio. Deborah Jacobs Welsh. Please join me in a moment of silence as we conclude this moment of remembrance. Thank you. This morning, I am honored to introduce Mr. Ed Root. 
Mr. Root currently serves as the Vice President for the Families of Flight 93. He is joined on stage today by his wife, Nancy. Ed's cousin, Lorraine Grace Bay, was a senior flight attendant on Flight 93. Those closest to Ed know of his personal passion for sharing the history of the American Civil War as both an author and historian. He served on the jury to select the winning design of the Flight 93 National Memorial in 2005, and since 2006, Ed has served on the board of directors for the families of Flight 93. Throughout the memorial's creation, Mr. Root has served on numerous committees within the Flight 93 National Memorial Partnership. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Ed Root. Mr. President, Mrs. Trump, Father McEwen, Secretary Bernhardt, Steve, and my wife Nancy. Honored guest, family members and friends, thank you for attending today's commemoration. A common field one day, a field of honor forever. All of us who are of a certain age certainly remember that September morning when a darkness enveloped a beautiful late summer day that changed our collective lives. As the days passed and we tried to make sense of it all, some of us as family members of the heroes of Flight 93 began to come to this place. We came as strangers, strange land. We knew not each other. We knew not the members of this wonderful community. On the first anniversary of that tragic day, a large number of family members gathered to commemorate, to remember. We were housed and traveled together in that first annual ceremony in a convoy of buses. At the moment, we were beginning to know each other a little bit, to learn a little bit more about the men and women who shared those last moments of life on Flight 93. As we traveled through Somerset and Shanksville, we were surprised as traffic stopped and law enforcement and others stood and saluted as our buses passed. Many of us were taken aback as we did not feel we personally deserved such honors. This day, we as family members have been treated by local, state, federal officials, the public at large with a respect that is sometimes awkward. We as family members do represent the heroes of Flight 93. This is and has been our only goal to honor and remember them. This magnificent memorial established unanimously by Congress in 2002, dedicated to the proposition that all who visit this place remember the collective act of courage and sacrifice of the passengers and crew, revere this hallowed ground as the final resting place of those heroes, and reflect on the power of individuals who choose to make a difference. We thank the National Park Service and the multitude of volunteers and friends who relate the story of the 40 heroes of Flight 93. It has been 19 years, but sometimes it seems like yesterday. 
The wounds never truly close completely. The memories of our loved ones linger like a mist or a soft breeze. It could be a song, a special date, a holiday, an article of clothes, a photograph, a name, and it all comes tumbling back. Some of us have crossed over the river and a new generation has joined our family circle. It has been 19 years and those too young or unborn on that fateful September morning come to this place an honor to learn the realm of history is taking over from those of us who lived and suffered through that day. The image of those rushing into the flames in New York and Washington to save others, the co-workers who helped others at the risk to themselves, the men and women who rushed here but found no one to save. It is our responsibility as a nation to see that these actions are remembered. Our work is not done continues. We've watched this memorial grow from that common field. We've seen the multitude of items left by visitors at the early temporary memorials. Some of those items spoke with a logic that needed no explanation. A first responder, a law enforcement badge. Some spoke of continuing service and sacrifice. Purple hearts, combat boots, infantrymen combat badges, items earned with blood, toil, tears, and sweat. Other items seem possibly out of place, except that visitors felt the need to leave something of themselves. It might have been something found in a pocket. It might have been a child's toy. The heroes of Flight 93 had two elements that those on the other planes and those on the ground in Washington and New York did not possess. They had knowledge, not a lot, but enough. And they had time, not a lot, but enough. And they used that knowledge and they used that time to develop a plan and implement it. They were unable to save themselves, but they knew that unless they acted, many more would die. The men and women of Flight 93 came from different backgrounds and beliefs. They were mostly Americans, but also citizens of Japan, Germany, and New Zealand. They had one very important thing in common. They all came from a belief in a free society. Those who embrace a philosophy of terror have proven over and over that they will die for their cause. Their cause is death. They build nothing. They save nothing. They produce nothing. The cause of the heroes of Flight 93 was to save life, certainly their own if possible, but they knew the cause was greater than their own lives. It's been 19 years, a lifetime for some, but a twinkling of an eye in the realm of history. We must be diligent in protecting our freedoms. We must remember and we must honor those who rushed into the flames of buildings and into the cockpit of Flight 93. Thank you. Thank you, Ed, for sharing your thoughts today and for your ongoing advocacy for the families and this memorial. I'd like to now welcome Secretary David Bernhardt, the 53rd Secretary of the United States of Interior, which include 
among many others, the National Park Service and the United States Fish and Wildlife Service. Secretary Bernhardt has been a steadfast supporter to Flight 93 National Memorial and directly offered departmental support to this special place to ensure the final realization and completion of the 40 wind chimes at the Tower of Voices. We truly appreciate your support, Mr. Secretary, and thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Secretary of the Interior, Mr. David Bernhardt. Thank you, Superintendent Clark. The Department of the Interior, through the National Park Service, is entrusted to serve as the steward and the guardian of our national parks, our monuments, and battlefields. And each site helps tell America's story, a rich and incredible story. The places we steward and protect often highlight exceptional action by incredible individuals, but none more so than this site dedicated to 40 heroes. Our sites would not tell their rich stories without the dedicated employees of the National Park Service, who I want to thank for working so closely with the families of Flight 93 over the last few weeks to bring this 19th observance to fruition. Thank you. Last night, I had the incredible privilege to join some of you to participate in the Chimes dedication ceremony. While there, I had an opportunity to listen to Patrick White and Gordon Felt eloquently describe the incredible reality of 40 strangers from diverse walks of life, thrown together by chance, each recognizing the challenge they faced, together uniting for a common purpose and a greater good, and then acting with dispatch and resolve against those who wished to attack our great nation. All of these events occurring over such a short period of time is absolutely incredible. Later, as I walked with Pat and Gordon up the pathway to the base of the Tower of Voices, I reflected on the fact on a fact that I have come to know with certainty while serving in President Trump's administration. And that fact is this. Throughout my tenure, I have witnessed that this president has incredible confidence in and respect for the greatness of the American people. This confidence in the greatness of the American people has led him to find unity when it was not expected. It has led him to make strides forward for our country when no one thought possible time and time again. I do not believe anyone could believe in the goodness of our country and our heroes more. And therefore, it is my tremendous honor and privilege to introduce the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Thank you, David, very much. It's a great honor to be with you. 19 years ago on this day, at this very hour on this field, 40 brave men and women triumphed 
over terror and gave their lives in defense of our nation. Their names and their stories are forever inscribed on the eternal roll call of American heroes. Today, we pay tribute to their sacrifice, and we mourn deeply for the nearly 3,000 precious and beautiful souls who were taken from us on September 11, 2001. To the family members of Flight 93, today every heartbeat in America is wedded to yours. Your pain and anguish is the shared grief of our whole nation. The memory of your treasured loved ones will inspire America for all time to come. The heroes of Flight 93 are an everlasting reminder that no matter the danger, no matter the threat, no matter the odds, America will always rise up, stand tall, and fight back. To every 9-11 member all across this nation, the First Lady and I come to this hallowed ground, deeply aware that we cannot fill the void in your heart or erase the terrible sorrow of this day, the agony renewed, the nightmare relived, the wounds reopened, the last treasured words played over and over again in your minds. But while we cannot erase your pain, we can help to shoulder your burden. We promise that unwavering love that you so want and need, support, devotion, and the very special devotion of all Americans. On that September morning when America was under attack, the battle turned in the skies above this field. Soon after taking off from Newark, New Jersey, radical Islamic terrorists seized control of United 93. Other hijacked planes struck the North Tower of the World Trade Center, and then the South Tower, and then the Pentagon. The terrorists on Flight 93 had a fourth target in mind. It was called our nation's capital. They were just 20 minutes away from reaching their sinister objective. The only thing that stood between the enemy and a deadly strike at the heart of American democracy was the courage and resolve of 40 men and women, the amazing passengers and crew of Flight 93. Donald and Jean Peterson were grandparents traveling to vacation in California. Deora Bodley was a student headed back to college. Richard Wardagdo was returning from celebrating his grandmother's 100th birthday. Lauren Katozzi Brincolis was three months pregnant with her first child. Every passenger and crew member on the plane had a life filled with love and joy, friends and family, radiant hopes and limitless dreams. When the plane was hijacked, they called their families and learned that America was also under attack. Then they faced the most fateful moment of their lives. Through the 
heartache and the tears. They prayed to God. They placed their last calls home. They whispered the immortal words, I love you. Today, those words ring out across these sacred grounds, and they shine down on us from heaven above. When terrorists race to destroy the seat of our democracy, the 40 of Flight 93 did the most American of things. They took a vote, and then they acted. Together, they charged the cockpit. They confronted the pure evil. And in their last act on this earth, they saved our capital. In this Pennsylvania field, the 40 intrepid souls of Flight 93 died as true heroes. Their momentous deeds will outlive us all. In the days and weeks after 9-11, citizens of all faiths, background, Colors and creeds came together, prayed together, mourned together, and rebuilt together. The song, God Bless America, became a rallying cry for the nation. We were united by our conviction that America was the world's most exceptional country, blessed with the most incredible heroes, and that this was a land worth defending with our very last breath. It was a unity based on love for our families, care for our neighbors, loyalty to our fellow citizens, pride in our great flag, gratitude for our police and first responders, faith in God, and a refusal to bend our will to the depraved forces of violence, intimidation, oppression, and evil. In New York, Arlington and Shanksville, people raced into the suffocating smoke and rubble. At ground zero, the world witnessed the miracle of American courage and sacrifice. As ash rained down, police officers, first responders, and firefighters ran into the fires of hell. On that day, more than 400 first responders gave their lives including 23 New York City police officers, 37 Port Authority workers, and 343 New York City firefighters. Today, we honor their extraordinary sacrifice and every first responder who keeps America safe. With us today is David D'Amato, a retired Chicago police officer and a current officer of the Navy Reserves. On 9-11, he drove from Chicago to Ground Zero. As David says, while the sights and smells of working at Ground Zero will forever be etched in my mind, what is more profound is the way this country came together afterwards. The police officers and firemen were revered as the heroes they truly are. The military was appreciated in a manner not seen in decades, and common people found new meaning in values like friendship, kindness, and selflessness. Thank you, David, such beautiful words, and thank you to every member of law enforcement who risks their lives 
to ensure our safety and uphold our peace. This morning, we also remember the 183 people who were killed in the attack on the Pentagon and the remarkable service members who crawled straight through the raging blaze to rescue their comrades. We express our undying loyalty to the nearly 6 million young men and women who have enlisted in the United States Armed Forces since September 11, 2001. More than 7,000 military heroes have laid down their lives since 9-11 to preserve our freedom. No words can express the summit of their glory or the infinite depth of our gratitude. But we will strive every single day to repay our immeasurable debt and prove worthy of their supreme sacrifice. America will never relent in pursuing terrorists that threaten our people. Less than one year ago, American warriors took out the savage killer and leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. Soon after, our warriors ended the brutal reign of the Iranian butcher who murdered thousands of American service members. The world's top terrorist, Qasem Soleimani, is dead. Here in Shanksville, this community locked arms and hearts in the wake of tragedy. With us today is Chuck Wagner, a heavy equipment operator who lives just a few miles away. Very soon after the attack, Chuck helped search for the black box. He was so changed by what he experienced that he joined with several members of his church to become what they call ambassadors for the 40 men and women on Flight 93. Chuck and his neighbors learned about each person, cared for their families, and each day, rain or shine, they took shift standing vigil over their final resting place. Long before this place was a national memorial, back when it was marked by a simple wooden cross, Chuck and his fellow ambassadors were always here waiting to tell visitors about those we lost. 19 years later, Chuck says his life is devoted to three things, his family, his church, and preserving the memory of the men and women of Flight 93. To Chuck, his wife, Jane, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. To Chuck and his wife, Jane, thank you so much for being here. And to the over 40 ambassadors with us today, please stand and receive America's thanks. And this is a very deep thanks. Please. Thank you very much. Also with us is Marine veteran Jason Thomas from Long Island. On September 11th, Jason had just retired from the Marines, but he immediately put back on his uniform and raced into the nightmare of ash and debris. At ground zero, he found a fellow Marine, Dave Carnes. Together, they began to call out 
United States Marines, United States Marines, if you can hear us yell, tap, do whatever you can do with the United States Marines. Soon they heard a shout for help. Two police officers were trapped beneath 20 feet of rubble. Jason and Dave dug for hours on end, knowing that at any moment the wreckage could come down on them, crushing them alive. At one point, someone told Jason to stop. Jason replied, I'm a Marine. I don't go back. I go forward. That day, Jason helped save the lives of those two officers. For years, Jason said nothing about what he did on 9-11. He did not even tell his five children. But when he saw a rescue recounted on TV, he decided to meet those officers. One of them gave him a gift, a steel cross made from a beam that Jason helped lift to free them from the hell on Earth. As Jason said about the cross, it means a lot. It's a symbol of what we are as Americans, because that day we all came together and stood as a nation, as Americans. It didn't matter what race you were, what religion you were. It didn't matter. We all came together to help one another. I die for this country. I die for this country. Jason, thank you very much for bearing witness to the character of our nation. Jason, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. The men and women of Flight 93 were mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, husbands and wives. Nothing could have prepared them for the dreadful events of that morning. But when the moment came, when history called, they did not hesitate. They did not waver. Forty towering patriots rose up, took charge, made their stand, turned the tide, and changed the course of history forever. Our sacred task our righteous duty and our solemn pledge is to carry forward the noble legacy of the brave souls who gave their lives for us 19 years ago. In their memory, we resolve to stand united as one American nation, to defend our freedoms, to uphold our values, to love our neighbors, to cherish our country, to care for our communities, to honor our heroes, and to never, ever forget. Thank you. God bless you. God bless the heroes of Flight 93. God bless all of the families. 9-11 will never forget. God bless you all, and God bless America. Thank you very much. President, thank you so very much for those moving and inspirational words. As we conclude here this day together, we do indeed remember and honor the 40 passengers and crew members of Flight 93 in this special and unique ceremony. As we go our separate ways, may we carry the memory of how they came together today to make our nation and world 
a better place for all. At this time, I would like to ask all in attendees to remain in their seats as we prepare for the ceremonial replaying. I would ask that the Flight 93 ambassadors and dignitaries remain seated immediately following the replaying ceremony to allow time and space for the families of Flight 93 to walk to the Wall of Names and through the ceremonial gate to the sacred ground. Once again, thank you all for joining us today to honor the memory, the passengers and crew of Flight 93.